Taylor versus Amanda Serrano. Fight prediction. Dun, dun, dun. Hey guys, Fight Junkie here. As usual, before we jump into this next episode, I want to remind you guys, you can hit me up on Twitter at FightJunkie.com. Follow me on Parlor at FightJunkie. Listen to me on Anchor, Spotify, Google, Apple, Amazon. Basically, anywhere you can find a podcast, I'll be there. You can also subscribe to the YouTube channel. Oh, wait. Hold up. Scratch that. YouTube deleted my channel. Um, let me think. Okay. I got it. You can also subscribe to the Rumble channel. Rumble.com slash Fight Junkie. Want live stream? Twitch.tv slash Real Fight Junkie. Katie Taylor, undefeated. 20 wins, 0 losses. Over 20 wins, 6 by knockout. Amanda Serrano, 42 wins, 1 loss. Of those 42 wins, 30 are by knockout. Currently, you have Serrano as a minus 130 favorite. Taylor comes back right around even money. We'll go, won't go. 10 full rounds. We'll go. Minus 205. Won't go. Plus 160. Serrano wins inside. Plus 310. Serrano wins by decision. Plus 195. Taylor wins inside. 6 to 1. Taylor wins by decision, plus 170. Fight is a draw, 14 to 1. Big, big, big historic fight. But the books decided not to put a lot of props. Very, very strange. I think it's kind of disrespectful, to be honest with you. We're five, six days out. And the majority of the books have nothing other than straight lines that doesn't generally happen with a fight of this magnitude especially if you're talking on the male side i don't know what's up with these books but they need to get their shit together because people are excited for this fight it's uh it's a competitive fight it's a historic fight it's headlining madison square garden what the hell are the books doing speaking of straight lines at some point in time you could have gotten Serrano as an underdog or Taylor as an underdog. These lines have flip-flopped all over the place. And you could have actually played both of these fighters and guaranteed yourself profit. That generally doesn't happen. That's very, very rare. And in fact, because they're straight lines, you wouldn't have even had to worry about a draw. You would have been protected, provided you're playing at the right kind of book. And you would have gotten your money back if the fight happened to be a draw. So that's interesting. I'm sure some of you whales out there, some of you sharps figured that out and maybe you've played both sides and you're guaranteed profit just sitting back. At that point, it doesn't really matter what the risk is. I mean, what the, uh, yeah, what you're risking because the reward is guaranteed. There's no way that you can lose. And a no contest, it's obviously, it's all right. You're going to have your, your bets refunded. And a draw, again, if you're playing at the right book, you're going to have your bets uh, refunded. And then if either one of these fighters win any which way that they can possibly legitimately win the fight, you're going to get paid and you're going to be guaranteed profit because of the way the lines were set up. At one point in time, you could have Serrano at plus 130. At some point in time, you could have Taylor at plus 140. Whatever the case was with the flip-flop of the lines, you're guaranteed profit. So that's interesting. Now, 
most people probably didn't get in on that. So currently when you're looking at the line, you see the public is really high on Serrano. Her line has continued to go up. She's sitting anywhere between, you know, there's still a book that has Serrano at plus, mo uh, plus money. Shh. If you like Serrano and you want her at plus money straight, it's out there. Uh, most of the books have Serrano at minus 130 all the way up to like minus 150. Taylor's anywhere between even money up to plus 125. That's on the straight lines right now. Um, obviously this is a pretty interesting fight because it's for all the marbles. Serrano's considered the puncher in the division. Uh, well, I would say Serrano's considered the puncher, not in the division since she's moving up two weight classes to fight Taylor. Generally speaking, that is a huge issue that you would have to address. The problem here is Taylor's not a big puncher. Serrano is almost the exact same size and they have almost exact same reach. I don't think her moving up two weight classes to 135 pounds is actually going to be a disadvantage for her. I just don't. In fact, she probably will still be the harder puncher and she'll have the better cardio as well. So I think this is a very, very difficult fight for Katie Taylor. And if you look at the lines, the public's thinking the same thing, that this is a difficult fight for Katie Taylor. Not to mention, I think Katie may be on the slide a little bit her last two fights have not been anything to write home about. I know there's a lot of excuse making going on out there talking about how she wasn't motivated for it. It's possible this happens to the fighters. You just can't get up for that level of competition. You just do enough to win. She's continued to win. She's continued to be the A-side. She's continued to be undefeated. You can't fault her for what she's doing. But if she's on the slide against Amanda Serrano, she will 100% lose a fight. No doubt in my mind. If she can raise her game, if she still has that gear left, I think she's 34, 35, had a long amateur career. If she can still go to another place, get to that next gear, then it's going to be very competitive and exciting. But you still have to like Serrano's chances in this fight because stylistically the way they match up. Not only is Serrano considered the puncher in the fight, but she's also a southpaw. And when Taylor fought uh, Natasha Jonas, I thought going into that, she was head and shoulders far more skilled than Jonas, and she struggled in that fight. She legitimately won the fight, but I thought she didn't perform as she should, and that could that be going back to what we're talking about? Was it the, the, the southpaw stance, or is she starting to see a decline here? Are we starting to see Katie Taylor slow down? Now, when I say slow down, what does that mean? Well, if Serrano can lure her into a slugfest, it 100% benefits Amanda Serrano. And you can lure Katie Taylor into a slugfest. All you have to do is start touching her, and she will stand her ground and throw her combinations. Now, she's going to throw her combinations any which way you cut it. But the issue for Serrano is you don't want her throwing her combinations and moving around. This is what Katie Taylor's going to try to do in the beginning. She's going to try to throw combination punches, move around the ring, and try to win the fight on points. This is the way Katie Taylor fights. It's the way she's always going to fight. And it's the way she's going to fight Amanda Serrano. It's on Serrano to force the pace, to start touching Taylor, make her want to stand and trade with Amanda Serrano. Let Katie Taylor throw that volume, but you want her to throw the volume on the inside, not on the outside where she's moving around. Why? Well, because it's more difficult for Serrano in that type of fight. She has to chase Katie Taylor down. 
She has to be defensively responsible, and she has to try to get her offense off. The issue here is, it's 10 rounds, 2-minute rounds. If you guys follow me on socials, if you listen to these podcasts, you understand that pet peeve of mine, this archaic rule set that women only fight 10 rounds in championship fights and two-minute freaking rounds. It does not allow enough time for them to fully implement a traditional game plan. Have you ever heard of working the body? Well, Serrano does. Serrano's a tremendous body puncher. Imagine what she could do with an extra minute around. Imagine what she could do with an extra two full rounds in a title fight. Oh, guess what? She wanted that for this fight. Taylor balked. Serrano called her out at the press conference and said, Hey, everybody's talking about how historic this is. Everybody talks in the sport and women's boxing about equality. Well, let's make it really equal. Let's do this thing right. Let's do it 12 rounds, three minute rounds. And Katie Taylor said, "Uh -uh. Uh Uh-uh, no, uh uh-uh. It's already good enough. Nope, don't want it. Stay away from me with that. Why? Because it doesn't benefit Katie Taylor's style. Amanda Serrano has better cardio, in my opinion, than Taylor. She's a harder hitter than Taylor. She works the body better than Taylor. And Katie Taylor is probably going to have to win this fight and all of her fights via via decision. So why would she want to go an extra two rounds and an extra 12 minutes by going the full three-minute rounds? She doesn't want to do that. And so she basically said, I don't want to do that. The fight's good enough as it is. Serrano was trying to make the point, wait a minute, this is not only for us, but it's for the new generations that are coming up. The new generations would be able to say, Taylor and Serrano set the precedent, we can do 12 minute or 12 round title fights, and we can do three full minute rounds. And Taylor didn't want to do it. So because Taylor didn't want to do it, we're getting 10 rounds and we're getting two minute rounds. And so it's going to be the same old, same old in women's boxing where as long as you throw your arms like a windmill, you're going to win the round. And it's a disadvantage for fighters that come in and want to work a game plan that want to slip the jab that are at a height disadvantage, have to work to get inside, work the body, try to wear somebody down because the round's already over. I mean, the bell rings and the next thing you know, the next round has started. Hell, if you lost one minute of the round, you've lost half the round. It's totally ridiculous. It's why you see so many decisions. These are skilled fighters. There's not to say women fighters don't have punching power. Look at Serrano and how many knockouts she's done. And that's why it's so impressive. She's doing that in 10-round fights with two-minute rounds. I mean, if you put the men in that scenario, their their knockouts are going to tank because there's not enough time for you to implement your game plan for you to work on things like going to the body for you to work downstairs upstairs for you to be defensively responsible and not just throw your arms like a crazy person because you know that's what win, win, wins rounds in women's boxing it's just throw your hands that's it that's how they win these rounds if you don't believe me go back and watch every single katie taylor fight this is what she does. It reminds me of amateur boxing where they just score. So you just see a whole bunch of flailing going on. 
and where the, the person that's throwing the harder punches, the power punches, and trying to implement some type of game plan and wear the fighter down is at a huge disadvantage because not only are the judges not scoring those power punches because it's a 5 to 1 ratio, but the, the fighter that's looking for the stoppage, that's looking to wear their opponent down, that's looking to put hurt on their opponent, doesn't get the benefit of even having a full three minutes to be able to do that. So they're at a disadvantage with the judges who are looking at versus a punch here, a punch there, a punch here, a punch there, especially when we're talking of the body, which the three blind mice have trouble scoring anyway. And then they are at the disadvantage of having a minute less to actually wear their opponent down. Don't like it. Sick of it. Don't want to see it anymore. Wish Taylor would have stepped up. Understand why she didn't, but I think as a whole, it would have been great for the sport of boxing. And to be honest with you, that should be a reason for all of us, regardless of the lines, regardless of the cheddar that you have, regardless of any of this, to root for Amanda Serrano to win this fight. Because I think she's a champion that if she gets the spotlight, if she beats Katie Taylor, if she gets all of the titles, if she has that, 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 ability to speak to everybody and say let's do this for real women's boxing needs this i think people will have to sit up take notice and listen and i don't think katie taylor wants any part of that and so if she wins it's going to be the status quo and she's going to go fight her 10 round fights where she throws a million punches moves around and wins every fight by decision listen if that's your style and it works fine but don't don't take away the ability of other fighters who don't have that type of style to be able to work a game plan, implement things, and try to win the fight a different way. And I think that's what happens when you have 10, 10 round fights with two minute rounds. So, I mean, th that's one of the things I like about Serrano is that she's willing to put it all on the line. She's coming up, obviously, in weight, and she's putting her tremendous record on the line. And she's headlining Madison Square Garden. And she's called out Katie Taylor for a long time. And then she wanted an even longer, harder fight by going the uh, traditional 12-round, three-minute distance. Another thing, Jake Paul. He's put Serrano on the spot. She's done the work, but he shined the light on her. And that's impressive because in her last few fights, she's made the most money ever. I think Taylor and Serrano will make record-breaking purses here. Again, headlining Madison Square Garden. Could have been actually historic with 12 rounds, 3-minute rounds. And so you got to say props to that kid regardless of what you say about his boxing ability or his... Uh, social media presence or what have you he's done a lot for Serrano and I know she's grateful and I think a lot of the fans that are actually getting this fight should understand how this fight was made because not only did he take her under his wing but then they were able to secure this fight against Katie Taylor and it's been a long time coming Serrano's been calling out Taylor for a while and she's she's put her money where her mouth is she's obviously moving up in weight to take on the champ of the division so that's impressive to me and it's hard not to like Serrano because she's done it the hard way. She's flown under the radar. I don't think she gets the credit she deserves for what she's done in her career. And so I'm really hoping that stylistically this goes as I see it. Being that if Serrano can lure Taylor into a slugfest, whether that's by just touching her or Taylor's legs aren't what they used to be or Taylor's volume slows down. Again, I think Serrano has advantages here. I think she has advantages in the cardio. I think she has advantages in the punching power. And I think she's relentless. I think that... If she gets Katie Taylor in a spot where she can touch her, she's going to keep touching her. It's going to be very difficult for Katie Taylor to keep her off of her. 
if she's not 100%. In my opinion, Katie Taylor has to be spot on the whole fight. I think this is a difficult fight for Katie Taylor. Of course, Serrano moving up in weight is something you have to take notice of. I'm not sure it's going to be as difficult as we would think in a traditional sense because of Katie Taylor's lack of punching power and her inability to do a lot of damage to her opponents. She puts a lot of leather on them with combinations, but she's just not a big hitter. If Katie Taylor wins, it's going to be by decision. I have no doubt in my mind. It would have to be something crazy like a headbutt or a punch that causes a cut or something like that for that any shot whatsoever stopping Serrano. Serrano, on the other hand, could potentially wear Katie Taylor down. I'm not sold that Katie Taylor isn't slipping. I'm just not. You're going to have to show me against Amanda Serrano that you're not slipping. And she doesn't have the ability to go to that next gear. Well, it's a foregone conclusion in my mind. She loses to Serrano. I just don't think Katie Taylor at less than 100% can beat Amanda Serrano. I just don't. She's going to have a difficult time at 100%. Because Serrano, if Serrano was on, and she's uh, she better be on, because this is the big this is the big game right here. This is for all the marbles. If Serrano was on, and is able to put that pressure on that she normally can, and able to touch Katie Taylor, especially to the body, because in my opinion, I've seen Katie Taylor fade in fights that she's controlling because she throws so many damn punches, almost like second nature that it doesn't matter. The game plan, she just throws. So it's like throw, 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 throw. And even when she's winning the rounds, you can see at times where she is struggling to keep up that pace. Against Serrano, that could be a death sentence if you do that. And you and you blow your load against Serrano. Rat-a-tat-tat for the first three, four, five rounds. And Serrano's nailing you to the body. Man, those last five rounds are going to be hell. Again, there's a reason Serrano wanted the extra time. And Katie Taylor didn't want the extra time. Stylistically, one benefits and the other doesn't. Again, respect to Serrano for understanding that and respect for Taylor for understanding that because that would have been a big advantage, in my opinion, to Serrano and it would have made me like her even more in the fight because she would have had more time to implement that game plan. For Serrano, it's a little bit more iffy. I do think the fight probably goes to a decision, but I think if anybody is going to try for the stoppage, if anybody got a stoppage, it's going to be Serrano. So you have to be careful with that because even though everything on paper points to a decision win for whoever wins the fight with Serrano. It's a little more dangerous because again, if you factor in Katie Taylor, may be slipping and sliding a little bit that that's danger zone right there. Like, if you think there's any possibility whatsoever that Taylor is slipping, and you go back and look at her fights again, there's some fights there where she's controlling the fight and she still doesn't look like you know she's comfortable in there. And then there's other fights where I thought head and shoulders, she's way better than this girl and she struggles. You can't do that against Amanda Serrano and expect to win the fight. Could she go to the distance? Of course, because she's a vet. She's got some wheels under her. She's going to try to tie Serrano up on the inside if she gets tired. You can see all of these game plans she's done before. That's the thing. You've seen Katie Taylor tired before. You've seen her rocked before. You've seen her nailed on the chin clean before. You've seen her struggle before. You've seen her have to stand before. You've seen her lose her wheels before. All of these things have happened against, in my opinion, lesser competition than Amanda Serrano. So if this happens against Amanda Serrano, 
Katie Taylor's toughness is going to be tested because even though she's passed all the tests in the past, it hasn't been against a fighter like Amanda Serrano. She's cut from a different cloth, yo. I'm telling you, like, this girl is bad. This girl is a bad ass in that ring. And if Katie Taylor thinks she's just going to rat-a-tat-tat and dance around for all 10 rounds and going to face no adversity, I just don't see it again. Even Katie Taylor at 100%, I think she struggles with Amanda Serrano and Serrano at, at the very least wins rounds. Again, she's better than some of the competition that Katie Taylor has struggled with in the past. So the only excuse you can give me of Katie Taylor struggling in the past is she wasn't up. And I'm not buying that because I've seen it in too many spots. Maybe it's not the entirety of the fight. Maybe it's only a round or two, but I've seen it. And that shouldn't be happening at that level of Katie Taylor because she should be so far above and beyond the level that of the girls that she's fighting, that there really should be nothing but dominance from Katie Taylor. And in fact, I heard Natasha Jonas talk about that. Is that she's held to such a high standard that if she struggles at all, people scratch their heads and wink their eye and go, what's going on here? And I agree with her because I do the same thing. Like, why is Katie Taylor struggling against these fighters of a lesser caliber, less experience, than than what she's faced even in the amateurs right like that shouldn't be happening so it makes me question if something is going on with taylor where we're starting to see a slight decline it may not be a dramatic decline but you don't need a huge decline if you're facing serrano if you're not on your game if if you don't have the t's crossed and the i's dotted you can absolutely 100 percent lose to amanda serrano and that includes katie taylor so i can see why the public is starting to back serrano because it could be that they're starting to see something that i've seen and they've looked at the the katie taylor fights and they've researched them and they've watched her and even though she's winning the fights and even though she's winning the majority of the rounds you can see in spots here and there that there could be trouble for katie taylor and if she hits those spikes spots against amanda serrano there could be real trouble there if you like katie taylor i don't think you take the plus money on the straight lines i just don't other than the outside chance that you were able to flip flop on both of them and guarantee the money that we talked about in the beginning of the podcast okay cool you do that smart guaranteed money but if you're talking about just having to pick a side with katie taylor pick your poison you got to go points. I'm sorry. Even at Katie Taylor plus 125, I just don't see her stopping Serrano outside of something very strange happening. I think if you like Katie Taylor, you want all the money you're going to go for Katie Taylor wins by decision, currently sitting at plus 170. I think you get greedy there. I think you're safe getting greedy there. I think if she wins, it's going to be by decision based on volume, which is nothing new in women's boxing. Why do you think fight goes to a decision as minus 205 when most people would say, well, Serrano has a chance to stop Taylor? It's because it's 10 rounds, two-minute rounds. This is why in almost every single women's fight that you see, whoever's favored to win the fight is also favored to win by decision. That's why the over is always, almost always favored and always some kind of juicy juice that you got to lay. In fact, I'm surprised fight goes to a decision isn't even higher than what it is sitting right around minus 205 right now. And that probably is only because of the threat of Serrano wearing Katie Taylor down, to be honest with you, because if this was a typical Katie Taylor fight, there's little chance that Taylor's going to stop the person that she's fighting. Again, I think that trend continues. I think there's little chance that she's going to stop Amanda Serrano in this fight. If you like Katie Taylor, if she's able to win this fight, it's going to be points. Another thing, 
when you're looking at this fight and you're looking at women's boxing, we've already talked about how I don't like the archaic rule set, but it always goes to the judges. And then you have the three blind mice that control everything. You've seen Taylor in close fights and fights that some people didn't think that she deserved to win or maybe by the margin that she won them and she wins it. Now, you could say, well, the location favors Serrano being in New York, but Katie Taylor is the A-side. And when it goes to the cards, I don't care what it is. I just don't like the three blind mice having that much power. And in women's boxing, when they don't have 12 rounds and they don't have three-minute rounds, more often than not, you're going to have some clown sitting ringside that decides this fight. It could happen again here. If you like this fight to go to a decision, if you don't believe that Serrano can wear Katie Taylor down, and you don't have to worry about Katie Taylor stopping Serrano, then you might look at the fight goes to a decision because the issue is when it goes to the cards, all bets are out. I mean, we don't know. Serrano could dominate her and Katie Taylor could win a majority decision or some garbage like that. It wouldn't surprise me at all. She's obviously the face of the division. She's got all the marbles. She puts butts in seats. I mean, it would not surprise me at all in a in a competitive fight that she always gets the nod, 100 out of 100. And in a dominating fight from Serrano where she doesn't stop her, you know, Serrano wins 50% of the time or something crazy like that. Like, this is boxing we're talking about. So you can never be 100% certain that you've got the call right when it goes to the judges' scorecards because it doesn't matter what I see. It doesn't matter what you see. It doesn't matter what we see collectively. I mean, those clowns have ruined so many fights that we couldn't even go over all of them. So that is a danger, always a danger, especially in women's boxing when you're considered it's probably going to go to a decision. That's something to take in mind if you're if you're looking, if you're unsure, you're like, it's a 50-50 fight, A side, B side. I mean, location, it always plays a role. So it, it would be naive to think it couldn't play a role here as well. For Serrano, again, I think you're okay depending on what line you got her on. She's starting to get a little bit high in a fight most people consider to be the very least competitive uh, on her straight line. Um, the danger here is, like I said, if Serrano somehow, some way gets to Katie Taylor more consistently than what other fighters have been able to do in the past and Katie Taylor's engine just can't keep up with Serrano, that's that could be a real danger, especially if it was early. If you see Serrano come out of the gate early, start getting to Taylor very easily, and Taylor's feet aren't working, if Taylor's wheels aren't rolling and you have Katie Taylor, you're in trouble. If you have Serrano by decision, you might be in trouble because I think Serrano... If she can get to her and stick to her like glue and stay on top of her like white on rice, Katie Taylor is going to be in trouble because Katie Taylor has fought that type of fight and spots against lesser opponents, and that's not the way that she prefers the fight. She will throw down. She has dog in her. She will go to war, but you don't want to do that against Amanda Serrano. In my opinion, Katie Taylor has to fight a, a very intelligent fight here. If she has to stand with... Amanda Serrano because she needs a break or a rest. She needs to be very intelligent with the way that she uses her cardio here because the idea that you're just going to pity Pat Serrano on the inside and Serrano is just going to sit there and not throw, I don't buy that. I think Serrano will throw with Katie Taylor. She may not throw as much as Katie Taylor, but I think she will throw and she'll be throwing the harder punches. So the game plan that Katie Taylor's used in the past while it can be effective here, it has to be altered to some degree. She can't just rat-a-tat-tat -tat 
with no care in the world about what's coming back from her because she's fighting a non-puncher. Because that's not the case with Serrano. She is a puncher. And I think she will still be the heavier puncher, even moving up in weight, two weight classes to 135. And the other thing is, oh, I can just rat-a-tat-tat and not worry about my cardio and be able to rest when I want because I don't think she's going to be able to do that with Serrano. The best opportunity for Katie Taylor to fight that type of fight will probably be early and give trouble with uh, her footwork to Serrano early on. If she doesn't do that early, if she stands with Katie, with uh, Amanda Serrano for whatever reason, whether Serrano's cutting the ring off well, whether Serrano's touching her to the body, or Taylor just doesn't have the wheels to roll like she normally does, then that's a bad, bad sign, a huge red flag for anybody that's looking for a Katie Taylor win or that thinks this fight is 100% going to go to a decision. That's why I can see people playing a little bit safer of a play if you like Serrano and you like her for the upset, taking her straight, simply because we don't really know how Katie Taylor is going to respond to Serrano's punching power and how she's going to respond to the pressure and the bodywork of Amanda Serrano. Make no mistake about it. Don't get it twisted. This is a very, very difficult fight. If it wasn't, you wouldn't see Serrano as a favorite right now. If it wasn't, you wouldn't have seen the line open as close as it was. If it wasn't, you wouldn't have seen the public betting Serrano. Go look at all the socials, man. On this one, there's a lot of people that like the chances of Amanda Serrano. Of course, it's because she has a body of work that totals, what, 44 fights? I mean, anybody that's a fight junkie out there knows who Amanda Serrano is and has watched her fight in the past and know what she brings to the table. So much so that people were overlooking, myself included, her moving up two weight classes to fight the queen of the division. Think about that for a second. How many times do you see that where somebody is moving up two weight divisions to fight the king, or in this case, the queen, and they're favored? Like, that doesn't generally happen. So I think you're getting a combination of two things here. I think you're getting the combination of people know what Serrano is about. She's cut from a different cloth. She's a beast. And people are also looking at Taylor and going, ah, maybe the wheels are starting to go a little bit flat. And if that happens against Amanda Serrano, I'm sorry, but you're going to see a new campeon on Saturday night. That's it for this episode of Fight Junkie. I will suck it to you tomorrow, baby. Fight Junkie out.